Romans 11, <clears throat> 13 through 32, I'll, I'll start. I'm actually going to start in 11:11 uh, 11, 11 for context, and we'll, I'll read first, and then we'll move into, into the text. So I asked, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more would their full inclusion mean? Now, I'm speaking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. If, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. But that is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not continue in the unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted, contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will, those, will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have been, now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. Okay. Uh, so, moving back to verse 13, 13 through 32 is where we'll be today. Um, Paul here, he starts off by reminding the Gentiles that's who he's speaking to. His primary audience here is the Gentiles in the church in Rome. Um, and he is explaining the redemptive place of Israel, ethnic Israel, um, or the, the historical place of Israel in redemptive history. They had a special place. Uh, now the gospel has gone forth to the Gentiles. Um, right? So he says he's magnifying his ministries to the Gentiles uh, in order to make his, his brothers and sisters, his Jewish brothers and sisters, jealous that the gospel has gone forth to them. Uh, previously, uh, there in your handout, it says, previously the Jews were supposed to make the Gentiles jealous. Uh, the Lord set up, called out Israel. He set them apart. He established his covenant with them. He delivered the law to them. And he told them that if they would walk in his statutes, that 
they would be a blessing uh, to the Gentiles and that the surrounding nations would ask, has a nation ever had uh, laws so righteous as, as the Israelites? Obviously, we know that the Israelites did not stand fast in faith. They did not keep the covenant. Um, so now, with uh, the coming of the Messiah, uh, his death and resurrection, the tearing of the temple uh, veil, and the gospel going out, the, the script has been flipped a little here. Previously, the Israelites were called to be a people that the surrounding nations would see and be provoked to jealousy to desire God by seeing the blessing um, that he was pouring out on them. Now, the Gentiles are being used to provoke the Israelites to jealousy. Uh, they see the gospel going forth to the Gentiles. They see the, what the Lord is doing for them, and they're to be provoked to jealousy um, for the Lord's blessing, seeing that. Um, so, the Jews' rejection is salvation brought to the Gentiles. Their inclusion means life from the dead. Uh, I think we talked about that a little bit last time. Paul often does this where he, he argues from lesser to greater. He points out something that God has done or could do, and then he says, if God can do that, how much more can he do these, right? Um, so that's what he's doing here. He's showing that uh, by the rejection of the Jews, um, there's this great blessing to the Gentiles with the gospel going forth to them. How much more blessing would there be by their inclusion uh, in the gospel, in the new covenant? So we're going to talk more as we move forward, talking about the regrafting in of these broken natural branches. So Paul is painting uh, this image of an olive tree of God's people that, that God is cultivating, and he's broken off uh, the natural branches. He's broken off these ethnic Jews that did not hold fast in faith to graft in Gentile believers that the word has gone forth to that have repented and, and believed. Um, so, and then also I've got in there the, a sign before the resurrection of the dead and that uh, um, I, I'm aware Post and pre-mill, I think amill, all my amills, you can tell me if I'm wrong on this. I believe, we all believe that there will be a, a mass repentance of, of ethnic Jews at some point. No? Amills, I'm wrong? Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but because we'll, we're going to talk, we'll talk about it. That's in the, that's as we're going through the text. All right. Um, but post and, post and some pre-mills would, would teach that that is one of the events that's going to happen before the end of history. I know we can all agree the end of human history will be um, the Lord Jesus returning, the resurrection of the dead for him to, to judge the quick and the dead. So post and some pre would teach that this is one of the events that will happen before, a mass repentance of ethnic Jews uh, to faith in Christ. So... Um, but going on to verse 16, if the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So open up the first discussion question there. What or who are the first fruits? Um, and what or who are the lump or the branches in this verse? 
it very well could be. I, that's not something I came across as I was studying. Um, so I, I was not sure what Paul was talking about. Um, most of the commentators that I studied, they uh, actually said that they, he's referring to the patriarchs, um, which did not occur to me. So, but that was very interesting to me. That he's talking about the patriarchs, and so then we're talking about the descendants of Abraham. So if the patriarchs are holy, then those who are included, that's the, the branch, or the root, I'm sorry, the patriarchs are the root or the, um, the first fruits, then those who are the descendants of Abraham are also holy. Um, now we know that the descendants of Abraham are not necessarily counted by genealogy. Right? This was the error that the, uh, the Jews were making. They, they said, since we have Abraham as our father, uh, we're good. But even from the beginning, the household of Abraham included many that were not physically related to Abraham. He circumcised all the men in his household, and uh, they were included in his household uh, by faith. Even in the Old Covenant, uh, non um, Israelites could come in and become Israel. In Egypt, there was a mixed multitude um, that left in the Exodus. Um, moving on then to um, into the next section, starting in, in verse 17. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. Um, Paul makes this whole argument that the point, the the root supports the branches. The branches don't support the root. The the first fruits make the rest of the dough holy, not the other way around. So Paul is telling the church in Rome, telling us not to be arrogant towards those natural branches that were broken off. Um, he reminds us the way that they were broken off and we were grafted in but don't be arrogant toward them for that. So uh, the next discussion question there is, what are some of the ways to be arrogant towards those natural branches? How does that, how can that manifest itself? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, that uh, falling into the, the belief that we were chosen uh, because of something in us. We're, we're special, so God chooses us, rather than simply because of his goodness, for his glory, he's chosen us. Travis, oh, Michelle.
Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not that God has a less special place for for Gentiles or for for Israel now, but it's just that his love is able to to be that for for all. Um, it's not a zero sum it's not a zero sum game. If if the Jews get if Jews get if the Jews get love from God, it's not less for for the Gentiles, for for us Syrophoenicians. <laughs> There's God's not limited like that. Thank you. Yeah, really great answers. Um, as Travis was saying, one one way, I think one way that quickly comes to mind of being arrogant towards natural branches is anti-Semitism. So, racial animosity towards towards Jews, towards Jewish people, that's out clearly. Um, but another way that's very important for us to remember is what we were all touching on there is telling the um, taking that stance of branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. And Paul says that's true. Branches were broken off that you might be granted in. But you can say the right thing in the wrong way. You can say that in a, in a proud way of, well, God loves us Gentiles so much that he, was, he had to break off the Jews so that he could graft us into the tree. But um, I, I've got in the handout there, God's olive tree doesn't have a limited number of spots available for branches and in one sense it does because the name and number of the elect has been set from eternity past um, but in a much more no, in, an, in another way that's very important for us to remember it doesn't but we're not like Jehovah's Witnesses there's only 144 spots 144,000 the more people hear about it then the, the odds are better that I'm not making the cut <laughs> no there's there's no uh, size limit to the tree. God can graft in or grow as many natural branches as he wants. And so he can have as many uh, wild branches grafted into the tree as he pleases. He can have as many natural branches staying, growing in the tree as he pleases. So uh, I think what Paul is warning us against is that pride of that, you know, I, I was chosen and grafted in, and so I must be his favorite. Well, no, God in his good pleasure has just decided to have two different kinds of branches on the tree. Um, and he, he loves them both. <laughs> uh, and Jonathan, as you were saying there, um, that, that standing fast in faith, uh, to look back at Israel and see that they were supposed to stand fast through faith and they did not, and to remember that we have to, to not... Uh, not presume upon God's goodness ourselves and think, well, we've been grafted under the tree, so we're good now. We don't have to uh, prove our baptism or work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, we're, we're good. We've been baptized. We're okay. Uh, that was the error that the, that the Jews were making, that just because they were born from the line of Abraham and, and circumcised and they 
uh, were part of God's covenant people, they were good. Uh, Paul warns us not to make the same mistake, but to, to uh, stand fast through faith as Israel was supposed to. Uh, that's the kindness and severity of God, right? Uh, there in uh, verse 22, the kindness of God to those who continue in faith, the severity to those who were broken off. So there's, there's the warning. God was willing to break off the natural branches. How much more is he going to be willing to break off once he just grafted in? Um, uh, like Travis said in last Sunday school, covenant and elect are not the same. There's, there's difference, and of course there's overlap. All the elect are in the covenant, but not all that are in the covenant are elect. This is, that's what, the, what Israel was finding out, just because they were in the covenant, right? Uh, Abraham is our father, and Christ tells the Jews, I, I can raise up uh, children from Abraham out of the rocks. <laughs> just because they were in the covenant doesn't mean... Uh, they were, they were automatically good. They still had to stand fast by faith. Um, um, all right, so verses uh, 25 through 32. Um, verse 25, he says, Lest you be wise in your own sight, do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. Um, I think that this is why it's important for us to understand this. Paul's warning is don't be wise in your own sight. That's being arrogant, that's being proud to, to make this mistake of thinking that we're good to go. Just because we're in the church, we're good to go. Just because we're baptized, we're good to go. No, you, you have to repent and have that faith in Christ and stand fast in it. Um, so I, this is the warning or the mystery that he wants us to be aware of. A partial hardening has come upon the Jews until the fullness of Gentile believers have come in. So Paul, Paul says that a partial hardening has come upon them. The, the Jews did reject Christ. They did reject Christ. They brought him. They delivered him over to Pontius Pilate. Um, and so by that, the gospel now has gone forth to the Gentiles, right? There were lots of converts um, in Jerusalem and Judea after the resurrection and after Pentecost, but also a lot of persecution that drove the apostles out into uh, the surrounding nations to preach the gospel so that the, the Gentile believers would um, put their faith in Christ. And the church um, became a mixed multitude. Um, so, well, that's the next discussion question. Who is the all Israel that will be saved
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Paul, Paul goes on to talk about that. If he can graft in wild branches, how much more should he be able to graft in uh, natural branches that belong on the tree to begin with? Uh, how much more are they going to be able to be grafted back onto that tree? Well, yes. <laughs> um, like, like Tim said, there's, even if you don't hold that there's going to be a massive influx of Jewish believers, um, even just the number of Jewish believers we have, there's just one church, just one body, and it's, it's flipped, right? It's no longer Gentiles coming to Israel and joining the nation of Israel uh, to be with the people of God. But we now are just the church of Christ. And all believers of all ethnicities belong to the same body. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But certainly, yes, certainly all, all Israel who uh, are elect will, will be saved. And this is clearly the means, whether you think that means a mass number or just the elect, and it's not going to be that many, that's the means by which it's happening, is the Lord is, is using um, the wild olive shoots to provoke them to jealousy. Okay, I mean, we pretty much covered that, so. <laughs> um, verse 32, for God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. Like Tim said, all means all. Like Travis said, the Greek is, is Greek. So my last discussion question is, if all are consigned to disobedience so that all may be shown mercy, will all be saved? All that are elect. Yeah. Yeah, all, I, I think um, most of the commentators that I read said that Paul, when he says all here, and I think we all agree, doesn't mean, he's not teaching universalism. Paul's not a universalist. Um, what he means by all in this is that all, there will be Gentiles, and all, there will be uh, Jewish believers, right? Yeah, right, no distinction. Um, not that he, and, and we all understand that we all are um, uh, sinful by nature, and so we all have been consigned to disobedience, um, but that does He's not saying all individuals. Um, John, are you just trusting? 
Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, individual, I guess, in that sense, all individuals are shown mercy. Yeah, all individuals are consigned to disobedience. In that sense, all individuals are consigned to mercy because every breath that we take is a mercy. Tim? Yeah, it's a different kind of mercy, certainly. It's not, all individuals receive some form of mercy because we aren't constantly receiving what we deserve as, as sinners. But um, not all individuals receive mercy uh, in, a, in a salvific sense. Yeah, as universalists would argue, right. Um, well, we just have a few more minutes, so questions, comments, heartfelt concerns. if it is, but <laughs> they're really leaving something on the table if it's not. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I will pray, and then we'll get ready to worship the Lord. Father, thank you again for, uh, for your people. Thank you for New Covenant. Thank you for uh, this chance to teach your word, and um, I thank you for the Apostle Paul, and I thank you for preserving it for us. I ask that, uh, I hope that your people were edified and uh, encouraged um, by what I spoke today, and um, ask that you bless, continue to bless your people today as we gather to worship you. In your son's holy name, amen.